so we're recording for a second time now because I totally blew it and forgot to check that the first take was still recording. Yeah, we went through a whole bit about you not flexing your podcast muscles and then you very clearly displayed your lack of flexing podcast muscles by not periodically checking to make sure that we are still, in fact, recording our words into the microphone. Fun fact you won't hear now, Robin Williams has been dead for nearly four years. That's not a fun fact, Ken. It's not fun at all. It's really not. It's it's very depressing that it's been four years. 2014. When you said that, I'm, in my head it's two. And I'm like, four? That's that's basically the entire time since I've been out of college, or at least my undergrad. And that's a long time, Ken. I'm basically dead now. You're basically dead. You're basically just have one foot in the grave and just waiting. You're just waiting. Welcome to the weekend show, by the way. Welcome to the weekend show. Uh... What what is there to say that we haven't already said that you won't hear? Yeah, just if, the the ghost of Barry is the only person that will hear it. The ghost of Barry from Ghost International. We did whole bits on Digimon and me wanting to wear goggles and Ghost Hunters International, and you're just never going to hear it. It's just yeah, it's just a shame. Let's give him the cliff notes. The cliff notes says Gar wants to wear goggles now, like Ty from Digimon. Mm-hmm. I told him that he might look like a dick because he, people think he's trying to imitate steampunk, which is god-awful and unbearable that is true uh barry is a uh host of a show called ghost hunters international that used to exploit young people into doing his bidding in the form of blood sacrifices etc to to go out the ghost and take all the glory and there's a rumor that he's dead now yeah we don't know if he's dead now it's not verified so for the sake of the listeners who will probably very easily google this right now exactly <laughs> but the, the problem was i google i think it was his wikipedia page that said he was dead and then there was nothing else that verified that so i was like is he dead there wasn't like there wasn't a single news story it's like ghost Hunters international's batteries is dead and no. he, was, he was in his 40s so he's not like he's old true very true Garrett. now we could just google if he's alive mm-hmm. but i feel like the more fun way would be to do a quick 30 second seance yes so barry if you are in fact dead and you can hear us right now, please give us a sign. Get out. <laughs> did you hear that, Gar? No, I didn't. Well. What did you hear? I heard someone say, get out. I'm just going to start kicking the table leg just to make We're sure. We're going to have to pay this back on the recording. I'm not, I'm not going to shake the table because we do have a very expensive new microphone set yes. up. We, we, we have a whole new setup. We did a whole whole like three or four minutes on that and it not being what it will be but it will be the what it is yeah i feel like we're just recapping now it's like yes welcome to the recap of the podcast you're never going to hear hello welcome to the the, the weekend show we are back episode 52 we're reflexing ken's creative muscles so every week probably you're going on holidays in a week or two aren't you i think we're going to try and yeah we're going to try for every week uh hopefully next (laughs) week we'll pre-record some stuff to kind of keep the train on the tracks while I'm on my vacation mm-hmm. or holiday. You said vacation. You're not American. Stop it. But like, what if people in America are listening? They'll be like, what's care. a holiday? I don't know what that is. We don't cater to the Americans. We don't buckle to their butchering of the English language. Do you suddenly spell colour without a U? Colour suddenly... has a U in it? Colour? No, no. Get out of this. Get out of your house. <laughs> Get out of your house, Ken. Yeah. But uh, yeah, so if you're listening for the first time, this is episode one for you, so welcome. Yeah, Ken debated on that, whether should we should reboot the continuity or continue the continuity. I was in favour of continuing the continuity. And Gar won because he's pedantic and I just couldn't be bothered arguing with and him. Technically, I'm paying for the SoundCloud feed now, so... Yeah. So... How the tables have turned, Ken. I was trying to change the subject there with a long so... But you completely ignored it. Yeah. I'd, I'd do what I want. You know that. I'll just interrupt you at any moment and you'll get mad at me every so often. 
So there's a couple of things I just want to disclose first. Uh, I haven't done a podcast in a long time, so I'm, I'm feeling my way back into it. The whole the whole intro bit helps that no yeah. one hears. Yeah, so I got a little practice run earlier, but uh, hopefully over the next uh, hour or so, I'll make some sense. But over the next few weeks, I'll just get back in the saddle, as it were. If, if you want to be reassured, you'll make no less sense than you usually do. Thanks, Kerr. Love you. Also, I'm kind of sick this week, so if you're enjoying my deep, sexy voice and you're coming back next week for more, uh, you may be disappointed. Have you ever listened to Judge John Hodgman? I have. Do you know Monty Balmonte, the summertime fun time guest bailiff? Yes. And he hosts, like, jazz shows in Maine. I feel like you should be hosting jazz shows in Maine with him. Oh, yeah. Ken got distracted looking at something on his, his yoga tablet. Do you know why it's called a yoga tablet, Ken? Why is it called a yoga tablet? Because it's flexible. Whoa. I know. Because I, I have a laptop as well that flips back and forth. This is a Lenovo product placement for everybody. But it flips back and forth so it can become a tablet and it, it rotates and stuff. They're called yoga because they're flexible. I think if nothing else, the people listening will have learned that today. Yeah. Lenovo sponsored this podcast. No, they do not. No, I'm saying they should. Oh, they should? Yeah. Sorry, I thought we'd get in trouble if we just said... But, like, what what would happen if we just said they sponsored this podcast? Nothing. I'm sure they'd be fine. Like, we're, we're not that problematic. It's like free advertisement. Yeah. Can you just say somebody sponsored... I suppose you can't, but... Until they dig up some of our old tweets and we get in trouble for it. Listen, my tweets are wholesome. I've only sent 20,000. I'm, like, I'm relatively sure there is nothing in my Twitter backlog that is problematic, but out of context, anything can be. So you never know. True, and it's kind of like the Bible. You can interpret <laughs> yes. things any way you want My to. My tweets are like the Bible. That is very true. And if uh, Donald J. Trump has taught us anything, there's no such thing as truth anymore. No Trump rule. Yes, we, uh, we had a no Trump rule on this podcast for a long time. Mm-hmm. But it's it's gone out the window. We were attempting not to feed the endless wave of Trump nonsense that he gets for free. That was the, the logic behind the no Trump rule. It didn't work. Yeah. He's it president is. of the United States. He, no, we would have talked about this. He was elected by the time. Yeah. He was president when we did our last episode. So we we, we are, are going to endeavor to limit the Trump talk, but it may bleed in from now and again because... We'll probably do a whole episode on him someday. Where I'll just rant about the world is falling apart, which might be what we'll do today because our topic is the internet. But yeah. who knows? On his re-election day. So if you're listening to the first time... Did you just say on his... No! <laughs> Don't you even say it! Care. I'm preparing myself for the worst and no. hoping for the best. <laughs> Just no. Anyway, thanks for interrupting me, Car. You said something abhorrent. I couldn't but not interrupt you. I'm sorry. Mm. Are you okay? No. Are you okay to continue? No. All right. You going to continue anyway? Yes. All right. So if you're listening to it for the first time, uh, welcome. Thank you for stopping by. Our kind of deal is kind of, you know, pop culture, reviews, previews, quizzes, skits. Mm-hmm. You know, that kind of deal also hello to matthew and rob matthew and rob that's exactly 100 uh, percent of our listenership so our devoted listeners we had to give them both a shout out because mm-hmm. if one of them doesn't listen that's a 50 percent drop straight <laughs> yes it is thanks very much guys for tuning in and ed ed occasionally our brother yes brother ed. we're going to continue to do that sort of stuff uh the show won't change that much but we just decided to loosen up the format make it less kind of talk radio more kind of podcast hug mm. podcast glow if you will no. So we're just going to wander, kind of, what's new? Podcast Glow? Nah. I'm, I'm I'm bored with Podcast Hug. Podcast Glow? Nah. What's wrong with Glow? It's it's like something some dumb Gen Xer would say. You're a Gen Xer, are you not? I'm a millennial, pal. I'm a proud millennial. I'm, a, I'm in the last wave of millennials. 
yeah hopefully uh, i'll be in better shape by next week both in terms of my podcast muscles and my physical health mm-hmm. but we'll soldier on nonetheless but as i was saying gar before you most rudely interrupted me for like the fifth time in this podcast this wouldn't be our podcast if i didn't interrupt you i know it's like it's like going home again yeah I was just taking a moment. To, I was just taking a moment to enjoy it there, in case you didn't see me. I thought I thought I'd actually thrown you off your train of thought by interrupting you again, which would have been nice. It would have been nice, Gareth. Stop, uh, stop interrupting me, or else uh, this won't work. Okay. So just stay silent. This is my vehicle. Welcome I, everybody to podcast a week. Podcast a week is garbage. Listen, you've been on that show, so I have. That's Gareth's podcast that he does by himself. It's on our feed if you want to check it out. In which Tanner is associate producer. Associate producer, Tanner. Yeah. Associate, not... Yeah. What's, what does he keep calling himself? Executive producer. No, he's not that good. He is that good, but he's associate. But if he listens, one day, if he keeps listening, each episode boosts our listens, maybe. Mm. We'll give him that bump up one day. There's no pay. There's no increase in pay. We're not uh, being paid. Well, so. there is an increase in pay if you want. It goes from zero to zero. Yes. That's not an increase, Ken. That's the same. So we're going to continue doing our our pop culture thing, but we're just going to kind of open up the format a bit more, be a bit kind of more loosey-goosey with it, kind of just have the chats. I'm not going to expose you this time. Have the bants. What do you mean expose me? That the, the, the loosening of the format is so you don't want to do more editing. I'm, I'm not going to do that to you this time, Ken. You just explicitly said it. I, I said I wasn't going to do it, though. It, Gar, it, in the original take of the podcast, exposed me for like saying that I, I lost my train of thought again. Gar, save me. We are doing. You're you're lazy. You don't want to edit, and we're we're doing. It's a kind. It's the same relative format. It's just there's no breaks or links or anything that. It's a, a free flowing podcast now. Free flowing podcast hug, less kind of, you know, production value, but just more authentic, if you will. Mm. If that's such a wanker saying that. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, we're we're all, like I think uh, as a whole like we're just maybe trying to open it up to kind of explore more topics and more kind of themes and dive into things a bit more than just kind of you know just the kind of uh, entertainment side of things you know and sports and what are you modeling this format on? I don't know because it's like I think very clearly the original weekend show format was modeled on pop culture happy hour. Yeah, that's that's always the feel I got that that was your loose model that you were using. I think there's like kind of a movement in podcasts for just kind of this kind of talking like nonsense, <laughs> nonsense format. That's probably the best way to put it, where you just kind of ramble and see what comes out. And, mm. But I think the the key is that it has to be some way structured. So don't yes. worry if uh, if you're still with us, and I hope you are. This isn't your taste; it's my taste. It's fine. Uh, Gareth, stop name dropping your. your I have dead so many podcasts. podcasts. I have like four of them. But if you're still listening, uh, don't worry. It's not going to be just inane rambling for the entire time. Uh, we'll just do that at the start mostly, and then we'll find our way most weeks. Uh, we do have a bit of a format, though. We have structure, so we're not going to just uh, bombard your ears with nonsense the entire time as I try to get my tablet working again. You should really disable the freaking st- standby modes before you, <laughs> you do any of this. So, Gar, what are you doing? What's your, what's your week been like? Digimon. Digimon. I'm watching Digimon Adventure Try. Why is it called Try? Because it's... I don't know. Because you have to try and watch it because it's bad now? No, but I've bought five Blu-rays and I've never watched any of them. So this week I'm like, I'm going to watch my Digimon Blu-rays and have a good time. Have you bought the goggles yet? No, but I want to. Do you think I could rock goggles? I, I know you think I look like a dickhead, but do you think I could rock goggles as a fashion accessory? You've got long hair now, so maybe if you like stick it up like Ty was mm. Digimon, you would be a steampunk wanker though. Anime sets impossible standards for hair. 
does. You look at Ty's hair, it looks all cool. And like, nobody's hair looks like that. But we have been to Japan, though, where they did have cool hair. They do have cool hair in Japan. And true. they do have really, really tall hair as well. So maybe it's just that in Ireland, we just have, we don't have the climate for it. Maybe just because it's so damp all the time. See, our hair is just flattened at all stages. Flattened by the, our Catholic guilt, the climate. <laughs> yes, mostly the Catholic guilt. The depression that we have from living in this uh, grey backdrop. We've had a, a, an abnormally sunny summer, Ken. We have. It's actually, like, we can't deal. No, we can't. Anything above 15 degrees and we start melting. The grass is dying and we're just like... I mean, when you live in Ireland and you're praying for rain, there's something wrong. Yeah. I was talking to my Australian friend and he was like, anything below 30 in this country is cold. I'm like, what's wrong with you? Australians, so so arrogant. Yeah. So arrogant about their weather and their sports. <laughs> and they're cheating at cricket. Yeah, ball tampering. Yeah, <laughs> ball tampering. But they tamper with, with the balls. But they tamper with their balls in their private lives as well. They fiddled with the balls with their hands in their pockets. <laughs> well done, Gar. I know. So, is there anything else you're watching this week you wanted good people to know about? Uh, no, just Digimon. I love Digimon. Would you recommend people watch Digimon try if they're fans of the old series? Yes. I don't think it's great. I think chapter three is really good and the rest is like inconsistent. But it's just like a lot of the voice actors, not all of them, but a lot of voice actors are back and it's just like spending more time with those cool Digimon characters. Because I think Digimon always had better characters than Pokemon did. Yeah. Because like, who is Ash Ketchum? Ash Ketchum's just like, hey guys, I want to catch all the Pokemon and I never learned that ghost types can't be attacked by normal moves. Or at least I do learn it once every three seasons. Or it's like Ty and, and Matt, they had character arcs. It's deep and philosophical, Digimon, Ken. It's about the digital world and the way it interacts with the real world. It's a metaphor. And their unrequited love. Mm. You tweeted me about that the other day. Oh yeah, there, there's, some, there's some serious sexual tension between Matt and Ty. They should I, just bang and everything will be fine. In fairness, it does exist in Pokemon between Gary and Ash, but Ash is oblivious to it. It's only Gary that knows about it. Yeah, Gary wants to bang him at all stages, but Ash is just like, I'm stupid! Gary is mean to me. <laughs> so, uh, what have I been watching? What have I been doing? Um, oh, there's a show on Netflix I've really been enjoying, mm-hmm. uh, which is like, it's like you shouldn't even have to say it's on Netflix now. Like most of the stuff you enjoy or most stuff we watch is it's just on Netflix. You're like, so or like like Amazon Prime. No one watches Hulu, on Amazon Prime. Other streaming services, but like I I will I, I will qualify to say it's on Netflix just in case you're looking for it. It's called, uh, well, somebody, no, wait, no, that's what it's called. I've been watching this all over like two weeks and I still forgot the name of it. It's called Somebody Feed Phil. Mm-hmm. It's uh, starring Phil Rosenthal, who is the creator of Everybody Loves Raymond. Basically, he's like a real foodie in his real life. So he's gone off to travel the world, meet some new people and, and eat some good food. Is it good? It's like one of those TV shows that like if he wasn't in it, it would just be like any other travel mm. food show. But like he just gets he has such an animated face and he gets so genuinely excited and like elated by trying new things and meeting new people. It's just adorable. So I really recommend checking out. He's gone kind of to Asia. There's an episode in Dublin, which really kind of grinded my gears because he spends 95 percent of it in, in Cork. But it's labeled as a Dublin episode. But Shorty should be happy that he's just like, I have to leave Dublin in order to find food. True. Is it a good portrayal of Cork? It is. It's actually a very good uh I think it's just like English English market and all that. No, he didn't go to the English market. What what's he doing in Cork then? He went to Ballymaloo. Okay. Country so, relish. Yeah, but at Arena Allen, you know. Did, did he just eat relish? Did he relish his trip? 
Good job, Kerr. I'm very proud of myself. That joke is hinging on the fact that people know what Ballymenu relish is. But it's really just that they have to know what relish is. True. The, lo- the location of the relish isn't important. Those are our yeah. net picks. Your net picks is literally a Netflix show. Yeah. Okay. For me, you have to buy five Blu-rays in order to watch it. There's probably somewhere you can find it on the internet. That would be stealing, Ken. Do we encourage our listeners to steal? Yes. Okay. <laughs> okay. I mean, no. Officially, no. But, like, it's like... Would you just tap your screen every few seconds so it doesn't Sorry. go on standby? Gareth, the people would have been none the wiser if you didn't just call me out like a jerk. Well, it's the fourth time it's happened. I think it warrants calling out. <laughs> no, I forgot my train of thought again. Gareth, I'm sick. I'm barely keeping myself on the tracks as it is. You're barely coherent when you're not incoherent. You're incoherent. I'm incoherent all the time. It's my it's my brand. So, yeah. Do you want to get on with the show then? Do the actual podcast? Is what was what is the the last like 20 minutes been? Well, it was the second podcast. <laughs> yeah, so this podcast should be like 40 minutes deep by now. Well, first, I think we would have we were reaching the point where we were about to get to the podcast. Last time, too, but then you realized you didn't click record. Disaster struck. So, yeah, we used to do Who Knew's Best. This is the same principle. It's just we fired Bruce. Yeah. Bruce was the guy who did our voiceover for the, the news segment. Uh, the news segment is just going to be like, hey, look what's in the news. Yeah. Talk about it. It's not going to be like, hey, pay attention to me with this cool audio thing I paid lots of money for. <laughs> yeah, Bruce. Bruce got too expensive for us. Yeah, we had a voiceover guy to do our voiceovers. Um it doesn't fit with our chill new vibe plus it's uh it's very expensive mm. these guys must be like living in gold-plated mansions or he just took you for a ride possibly <laughs> so our first new story of the week is apple is worth a lot of money yes it's the first uh is it the first publicly listed trillion dollar company in the u.s anyway yeah that's a lot of money what i watched steve jobs last night the aaron sorkin film mm. or the ashton kutcher one the aaron sorkin one I, poor ashton kutcher he tried so hard to kind of go legit with that film and like people completely ignored it. Yeah. And then lauded another film that's basically the same. Well, in fairness, I'd imagine... I didn't see the Ashton Kutcher one, so I don't know for certain. I'd imagine the Ashton Kutcher one is a much more pleasant portrayal of Steve Jobs than the Aaron Sorkin one is, which is just like, he was a dickhead. <laughs> and he yeah. was very he was very demanding and sometimes cruel, which I'd imagine the truth lies somewhere in the middle. But yeah, it's, it's not a... You know, usually every portrayal of Steve Jobs is that he's an utter genius. He is a, he is a, a man who changed the world. But then, that the film is like, yes, that is true. But he was also very flawed, which I think is probably a more reasonable portrayal of the man. But you never know. Do you think that his history has kind of been retconned based on how he died? I don't think it's even based on how he died. It's based on how he lived. The, like, yeah. the film goes into that. That like he sold, he sells the narrative. The narrative doesn't come from nowhere. Like that's. He built the mythos that the, 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 the magical wonder Steve Jobs ran this brilliant wonder company. I suppose if you look back through history, you know, you talk about the cult of personality with, with these kind of uh, dictators, mm. if you will. Like, so You think Steve Jobs was a dictator? I'm not saying he's a dictator, but the, the same principle applies. Or capital dictator. People who control their image, control the message and, mm. and uh, create their own history as such. I think it's a very good film regardless of like a star I, I'm I'm Sorkin like Sorkin can just write words for my brain and I will be like oh yeah I do yeah. remember coming out of that film and like that was a pretty bleak Oscar season if I seem to remember like all of them yeah like all of them pretty much they only like films that don't make any money and are boring and make you want to kill yourself mm. 
But uh, I remember feeling good after that. But as you said, his words are comfort food for your mm-hmm. brain. Mm-hmm. And that, that film is so dense. There's so many words in that film. There's so much going on. And like so many biopics are just, you know, let's film the Wikipedia page. You know, he did this and then he did this. But where's and people this is what people gave out about about like, oh, it's historically inaccurate that all these events that are built around like the three product launches. It's like that's storytelling. He wants to tell the story. He wants to tell it in a more interesting way than linear. So he's going to use this triac structure based around product launches to tell the story of Steve Jobs, or what is at least his portrayal of Steve Jobs. This news comes sort of as a surprise to me because there was a bit of skepticism after the last iPhone because the the price was so high that mm. people were going to go for it. And uh, but apparently there was above uh, expected iPhone sales, and yep. they can do whatever they want. And they haven't made anything in ages. That's the thing. Yeah, I think the last thing they probably made was the Apple Watch. Ah, iPad. I don't think the Apple Watch is a, an innovation in the space. It's not an innovation in the space, but I, I do think it is a, a market leader at this point. And in fairness, well, yeah, but no, no, uh, like, smartwatch. I, actually, I went to the cinema recently, and a guy paid with a smartwatch, and I was like, yeah. you do that? And yeah. also, it's very pretentious. It is. It's I, like, like, I see people paying with their phones now and again, I'm just like... I'm okay with that, because that's where we're going to go. It's like, all of this is going to be on my phone device, which means once it's stolen... You know, buy to everything you want but they're going to implant things in our retinas or in our wrists and the, scan the, it yeah the RFIDs will be put in our wrists we'll scan it in our, our our pre-allocated amount of chips that the government gives us and we'll die when we run out of them we'll, we'll tick, trickle down I think what this news says to me though is that Apple don't necessarily need to innovate anymore they no they're to- a brand they're, they're like the strength of the brand. you said oh it's like absurdly high iPhone prices for a product that is more or less the same as the previous iteration there's bells and whistles but like the functionality is more or less the same but it's uh, the strength of the brand people will buy the new iphone so not forever like that that'll run out but a trillion dollars 207.39 per share Mm -hmm. dear god which that's well, they split the shares and they did a bunch of fancy accounting stuff that's not the highest the share price has been but just because of the number of shares yeah, I, I don't understand that, Gary. Because you're somewhat of an economist, can you just give me a quick crash course on what that means? So basically, the, the share price went like much higher. I think it's a record. It's like 800 bucks per share. But then they created a bunch of new shares, split a lot of shares into different kinds of shares, which means there are more shares. So even though it's a lower price than its record price, multiply that by the number of shares is the value of the company. Okay. I, I think that's a podcast in itself, so we will leave that there. Yeah. But, uh, Apple continues to rule the world and the, that guy uh, who's the guy who runs it now I can't remember his name um, Steve Cook Steve Cook was in Cork recently where we, where we live Yeah. what was he doing he's visiting the Cork site oh yeah sure we have Apple here we have one of the biggest sites in, uh, manufacturing sites in the world I think we help them funnel all their tax money <laughs> you're welcome. so basically um, you're welcome Apple mm. a fun little tidbit that makes Apple worth more than all but 15 countries in the world if wow. Apple were a country, it would be the 16th richest country in the world. Today, Ken, as we record this, Sheffield United and are about to play Swansea. So you you listeners will know the result of that match when you, uh, well, assuming you keep up with the Coca-Cola or the Skype Championship now or whatever it is. Uh, you will know the result of that match and how happy or unhappy I am with it. But yeah, football's back. Football is, well, football didn't really go away because we had a World Cup this year. That's always, that's the weird thing. Because I was thinking, you know the way they changed transfer window rules? Yeah. So the window closes the day before the season starts now. The World Cup year probably wasn't the best year to start doing that. Yeah. Just because it's another month gone. No one wants to do anything. You, you saw all the signings happen, like when players got knocked out. You know, Ronaldo moved to Juve when 
Portugal got knocked out. Uh, what's his name? That moved to, from the Uruguay player that moved to Arsenal. Torreira? Yeah. Didn't move until Uruguay got knocked out. Yeah, so a lot of the business was done beforehand or as teams exited the World Cup. Mm. And there hasn't been a huge amount of business since the World Cup it either. It feels like a lot less than usual. And maybe like there's still a week left, so there's still time for people to make absurd transfers. But you never know. What, what, what did you make of Ronaldo to Juventus? It makes sense when you think about the kind of club Juventus is. Yeah. They're always a retirement home for really good footballers. But yeah, it wasn't the move I was expecting him to make. It kind of feeds into Juventus's overall strategy of kind of making themselves into a brand as well, because mm. he, he is a brand in himself. So it kind of, it's good alignment. And to get, and for Real Madrid, to, for someone, you know, in, like approaching his mid 30s to get 100 million for, for a player like that. Which actually seems a little less than I thought Ronaldo's probably worth. Another fun tidbit: uh, In the space of a week, they made sixty million in shirt sales alone. So they're they pretty much they pretty much made the money they spent on him back. Yes, but that doesn't include his exorbitant wages. That's true, but they'll find some way of dodging taxes. Oh yeah, it's fine. And it's tic- Italy, yeah. Ticket sales and trophies and shirts. Like people give out about the amount of the amount of money Cristiano Ronaldo makes, he is nearly certainly worth that amount of money. How are you feeling about Liverpool this year, Ken? It's your year. I mean, I think either it's gonna. Be it's going to be the time, and like I know, like it's Liverpool, our year. Liverpool fans have been saying it for ages, but la- the, the way last season ended was tough, but it showed that they they had come a long way. Um, I feel as if they, they don't, it's going to be a massive fall for us because they have spent a ton of money mm. this summer. Uh, well, people are like, it's the Coutinho money. It's the Coutinho money. There's only so much. It's the Coutinho money. <laughs> exactly. I think they spent the Coutinho money in their first two transfers when you consider they bought Van Dyke as well which was also the Coutinho money yeah so like between Van Dyke and Fabinho that money was gone yeah so and we spent I, I think Allison was essential piece of business I know it was inflated but I think Simon Mignolet is a good goalkeeper he gets a hard time but like yeah I mean in the years before Carius came and you know even Klopp came he mm. was a, a solid goalkeeper for us I don't or know how Karius. I don't really know how he fell out of favour Carius just keeps like any mistake he makes now he just gets roasted for it yeah well in fairness he did single-handedly lose the Champions League final he had a concussion supposedly but that came out like two weeks after the final which is very suspicious I feel as if it's it's always hard to tell like you know how these things will pan out because like I like to be cautiously optimistic before every season I don't like to kind of put my my kind of takes out there that much because as a football fan, especially the way the culture is these days, uh, we'll talk more about that on the internet later. Uh, you know, if you kind of state your opinion and it ends up being wrong, you just get killed. Yeah. Who's going to win the league? Who's going to win the league? I still think it's going to be City. Spurs. Spurs? I'm going to go out on a limb and say it's going to be Spurs, which is a very big prediction because Spurs are Spurs and Spurs always Spurs it. But I think the reason I'm actually predicting them is because they've done very little business this year. They're still the same team they are. They're still the same team they've been for a few years now. They have a good coach. If it's going to happen, it's going to happen this year. And if it's not, it's not going to happen. So I'm going to say it's good. It's going to happen for Spurs. Because I don't think it's going to be City. And then the question is who. And I don't want it to be United. So Spurs. They haven't signed a lot of players this year. Spurs are United. Oh, bad. No, who hasn't signed a lot of players this year? Spurs. Yeah, they haven't. Neither have United. I'm not ready for United to be good again. No, neither am I. I'm never ready for them to be good again. I hope it never happens. They had... And in fairness, people, uh, United fans are starting to turn on Jose. They had a really good year last year. It's just City were unbeatable for ages. So. And they won three trophies. Yeah. 
he's, mean, he's done well like Joe said you, uh, fair enough the football he's playing is shit it's terrible it's unwatchable but points they're like what do you want do you want football or you want results both City give you both City do give you both in fairness mm. do you know at, uh, Liverpool beat them three out of four times last season Liverpool give you both yeah except when the periods where they fall apart which seems less often but you never know it's Liverpool there is more depth in the squad which gives me hope but you never know like there is a lot of options in most positions now uh, like people are criticising Klopp for not finding signing more defenders this summer uh, Fabinho is a defensive midfielder hmm. but I think they already had the defence right with the likes of Robertson and Van Dijk yeah how is Arsenal going to be post-Fenger I don't know but one why. more point I want to make before we move on from Liverpool people still give Dejan Lovren a hard time but within the space of a, few, a couple of months he was a Champions League and World Cup finalist so did he win either no there but you go. still He's one of the best in the world, Gary. He he said that. It's like, look at me. I'm in two of the biggest finals. I'm one of the best defenders in the world. It's like, nah. I feel like Arsenal, to answer your question, are going to be one of those cases where it's going to be like a a renaissance or it could be like... Tragedy. The end of an era as such. But like that era kind of ended a long time ago in itself, really. This isn't Wenger. Or this isn't Ferguson. This isn't post-Ferguson United where he won trophies, still won trophies left, right and centre. If anything, Wenger was very gracious you know he yeah. was just like I'm going to lower expectations for my for my my predecessor or what's the other one that the guy that successor. comes out successor there you go I'm gonna, he's going to lower expectations for whoever follows him which is very generous of Arsene I think that the Arsenal fans need to be patient I don't think they need to be expecting big changes uh, straight away I think that the goal in the short term I think Emery's already said that is to get back into the Champions League fourth fourth, yeah. is, fourth is a good year for them and if, they, if Arsenal fans think otherwise they're delusional but they slowly kind of uh, built a good squad. He he signed where he needed that. That was always the thing with Wenger. You'd like the spine of the team is terrible. Your defense yeah. is shocking. Your defensive midfield is shocking. Your goalkeeper is terrible. Check is long past it. And he'd sign Aubameyang and he'd sign Mkhitaryan and he'd sign Lacazette, who were all very good attacking footballers. But that's not the problem. Scoring goals was never the problem. But that's that's where Emery is addressed. It. He's signed defensive midfielders. He signed what's what's his name. The, Papadopoulos or whatever the Greek defender from Dortmund is who's injured actually he signed Torreira from uh, from Uruguay who looks a very good like Conte-esque break up the play gun midfielder which is what they desperately needed what they thought Jacka was and he's not but and they cut some dead weight as well they got rid of Wilshire. he's off to West Ham he's mediocre do you think there's going to be in the Premier League uh, let alone uh, leaving alone the other leagues around Europe there's going to be any post-World Cup fatigue and if so, which team will suffer the worst? That's where Arsenal might succeed because they had very few, like, name four Arsenal players at the World Cup. There was Xhaka. There was... Yeah. Like, Lacazette wasn't broad. McElhinney? McElhinney? Uh, oh, uh, Elneny. Uh, yeah, that guy. Yeah, but he's terrible anyway, so who cares? Yeah, so that's uh, like Arsenal didn't have a ton of World Cup players. Oh, and Ozil, also another one, but Ozil's a very good footballer. Yeah, and Ozil just had a moment of panic. When they had a be- moment of panic there because the laptop almost stopped recording again. Uh, uh, if you think about it, the backbone of the England team that made it really far in the World Cup was a Spurs squad. Do you yes. think that's going to be a factor, Gary, in your prediction? I thought they played badly in the World Cup, so I don't think that means anything. We'll probably be doing a lot more football in the next coming weeks. So do you want to we'll- do a preview next week? Well, the season starts next week. Yeah, maybe yeah. not then. We'll see. We'll see. Maybe do a preview next. Yeah, that makes sense. If we get out there early enough. Yeah. Cool. Watch this space. May or may not happen. Welcome to live production meetings with Gary and Ken. <laughs> like, hey, what should we do next week? 
maybe not discuss this while we're currently recording the existing podcast. Yeah, Kane is mayor of a town, Ken. He's making decisions now. He is. Uh, Glenn Jacobs, formerly, well, for, uh, still Kane. Yeah, he was on the last pay-per-view. <laughs> in WWE, uh, won the mayoral election for Knox County. It doesn't, like most European countries, have equal time laws. How do you mean? Like, if you give, like, Fine Gael a certain amount of time during an election, you have to give Fianna Fáil and Sinn Féin a certain amount of time as well. I think that exists in America, too, though. Does it? Trump was complaining about, well, well he complained about Saturday Night Live not giving him equal coverage. Yeah. Which made no sense because it's, it's an entertainment program. Yeah. But, but I'm saying, WWE had Kane on their product, their nationally televised product. I know he wasn't campaigning, but still, it's exposure. Why, why didn't they have... What what's the what's the name of the person he beat? It's a Linda something, isn't it? Haney, I think it was. Linda Haney. Haney, there we are. Linda, why didn't they give Linda Haney some time on WWE programming to you know get the exposure there? Yeah, <laughs> um, that would matter more if the result wasn't really a foregone conclusion. Kane was the Republican candidate. Yeah. This is a heavy Republican. Like he won his uh, primary by twenty three votes. Like that that was a bitter primary, but whoever got through that primary was winning the actual election by default because they're saying he won the actual election by two to one majority yeah the problem with uh, politics in america and there's some really good podcasts on it if you want to listen to one uh sneaky netpicks here or, or just a pick that i want you to listen to there was an episode on uh gerrymandering and is it gerrymandering is gerrymandering which by the way aside when i was 12 and first saw the phrase gerrymandering in history book and i was in reference to northern ireland i was like what's jerry adams been up to <laughs> what are you doing jerry yeah but what, anyway. have you, what what have you mandered now? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's some wonderful things your brain connects. But basically, there's a history in U.S. politics where, it, just to simplify it down to its its basis, is where when they get into power, they redraw the electoral maps to heavily favor their voting areas. Like they're they're redrawn every ten years. Yeah. So basically, whichever party is in power, when they're we redrawn, the maps are basically drawn to, to accommodate them. That's not. It's not democracy. But so anyway. If you actually look at these maps, they look like uh, like Picasso paintings. Yeah, they're it's absurd. Like, it's like, that's a minority community that won't vote for us. There's a lot of women in that let's one. Let's cut they them out of the district. So it's, uh, you pigeonhole all of them into smaller districts where they will make less of a difference because that's democracy, apparently, Ken. Uh, so the result is not surprising, but Kane is a very intelligent man. Is he's he? A, he's a very, he's a very that, that, That's one of those man. things people say, but like, I've never heard Kane speak on things. I've heard him speak on a few issues. He just seemed he just seemed quite elegant and intelligent. Uh, he actually kind of surprised me that he was a Republican candidate. I thought he was more of a liberal guy, but he's like a fifty-year-old man. What do you expect? True. Most fifty-year-old white men in America are Republicans. It's a fact of life. The next one you have here, Gar, because uh, Gar wrote the script this week, mm-hmm. is uh, Hair Heist. Hair Heist. Can you explain that one. Well, it was, uh, you know my penchant for strange stories. I do. I'm, I'm a fan of it, like turkeys attacking bands and. Uh, Tama the, ta- the cat R.I.P. Tama yeah. this is back to one of our early episodes for more on that oh shit sorry gerrymandering uh, <laughs> there is a, a podcast called Fresh Air a uh, long standing podcast by a very famous uh, radio host in America called Terry Gross did an episode on gerrymandering if you want to learn more about it it's actually very good mm. to, to learn what that is John Oliver did an episode as well yeah it's 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 very problematic and uh, I think it's something that's going to kind of kind of become an, an issue in other countries as well so do do educate yourself about it to get up to our level you know Tama wouldn't gerrymander his district or her was Tama male or female Tama was I say uh, female. female I think yeah yeah. Her rail district. She wouldn't have gerrymandered it. R.I.P. Tama. Good cat. 
Tama was a cat in Japan who was the rail master of a train station. Yes. Even wore a costume. Good for Tama. It's one of our... It's actually to date still... The episode we did with Tama in it is still our most listened to episode. So yeah, go, go check the numbers. Whichever one's most listened to listen to that. It's the Satoru Iwata episode. But oh. um, yeah, so uh, I, I had a choice between two. There was a bunch of goats that, uh, that got about well, 100 of them, not just a bunch. 100 goats got loose in Idaho. They started eating in people's lawns. It seemed good fun. That's all we need to know about that one, though, in fairness. Yeah, and the other one was in New Delhi in India. Posing as a bunch of customers, three men entered a hair store because... But apparently hair is very valuable in India and they, they robbed the store and stole 20 grand worth of hair and wigs. In fairness, um, like without stereotyping, Indian men are known, they're known to kind of go bald quite early, aren't they? I have no idea. Like they're known for their thin hairlines. Are they? So hair actually is quite bad. It's weird, they have a lot, like they don't have a lot of hair on their head, but they have a lot of hair everywhere else. <laughs> so you think instead of like paying 20 grand for hair, you could just shave transplant your, it. Shave your chest and stick it on your skull. I have a lot of hair. What? I have a lot of hair. You do? You have quite long hair at the moment. I should move to India and sell it. Sell your hair. It's like, hey, like, like trench coat. It's like, hey, got some, uh, <laughs> some prime hair for you. <laughs> some black market hair sales. Exactly. But like, I love the idea that it's like, all right, we're going to stage a heist. And it's like, we're going to rob a bank. Nah, team with security. What about that shopping in the market? Nah, you know, there's not a good escape route. It's like, what about the hair store? That's where the money is. Or like, just like shaving rats or something like that. Just <laughs> yeah. That's, that's prime, uh, prime goat hair there. Or they, or they're like, and they just walk into the store. It's like, kind of goats in my mind. Hello, sir. Can you give me some of your finest wigs? And then he, just as he goes to get the wig, it's like, freeze! <laughs> this is a stick-up. This is a stick-up. And it's like, you, sir, take the wig off your head and stuff it in the bag. Yeah. It's like follicle gold. <laughs> yeah. uh, that, that story tickled me. Did they, get, did they get away with it? I don't know. They, I'm not sure I haven't been caught yet. They're on the lamb with bags <laughs> for the hair. Yes, they are. Maybe even lamb hair. Could be lamb hair. We don't know. Who knows? that's kind of the news that we Mm -hmm. thought was interesting interesting this week we just said interesting at the same time whoa in sync i don't know in sync songs i don't i i I can't really remember i have backstreet boys songs yeah i'm more of a backstreet guy i don't Mm. know i don't know well new kids on the block yeah that's old school or backstreet boys and new kids on the block what was that big like portmanteau of a name they had because they went on tour together i think it was literally backstreet boys and then n-k-o-t-b yeah i think they just use the initials of new kids on the block i didn't see them live i don't know donnie from uh new kids is in uh blue bloods is he yeah why didn't blue blood seems very boring yeah i haven't watched it in like a few years mm. it's got tom Selleck there who uh he's pretty impressive uh, every time i watch that show it's one of those dinner scenes it's just him sitting at the table with his mustache just kind of furrowing his brow and worrying about his children. You just stare who are also mustache. cops. He shaved off his mustache one time, and I was like, "Tom said, like that's your brand." Yeah. What are you doing, man? Like without the mustache, you're like a subpar actor. You don't look good. What if he was selling the mustache in India? Yeah, he sold it to India for twenty thousand dollars. Hey, in fairness, if you're like, "I'm Tom Selleck, I'm selling my mustache," I think you get more than twenty grand for it. I'd pay more than twenty grand for his mustache. Would you if if he if he gave you his mustache? Would you glue it to your face? I would. You have a mustache at the moment. I would. I'd shave off my existing mustache mm-hmm. and then put on his mustache. Here's a more. Is it a mustache if it connects to your beard? I don't think so. 
It's just it's just a part of the beard. Like I would like if I go to the barber and like I'm asking him to trim the beard, I would still say, "Oh yeah, trim the mustache as well." Hmm. So I would call it the mustache, but that's a question I've often asked myself. But I think maybe we should just do a, a piece of in-depth. Uh, this is the investigative journalism of the podcast. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So next week, if you're still on board with us. We will have the answer to the question. If you have a beard, is it still a mustache? We probably won't. We'll forget. I won't forget. All right. That This is top of my priority list now. Hmm. Forget my job. Forget sleeping. Forget my girlfriend. I need to know. Have you ever seen a picture of dad without a mustache? Yes. I had have I? I, I? Yeah. He's had a mustache for most of our life. But Yeah. I don't think I'd ever decide to be like, I'm going to be a mustache guy. I think you have to be a certain age to be a mustache guy. Yeah. Young people can't do it, and anything that anyone tries looks dumb. Or like a pedo. That's true, too. So that's the news. Yeah. More news next week. Or I'm maybe sure. not. We'll see. We're chill now. We just do whatever. We, we just go with the flow. We just do whatever. I'm sure something will happen in the next seven days that we won't, will warrant speaking about. If not, we've been off the air for nearly two years. I'm sure there'll be stuff we can go back to. Yeah, it's like some evergreen topics that we can pluck out of the ground and, yeah. and deliver some ripe, juicy salad podcast i don't know there, there wasn't a thought there was there no there wasn't you can't just start talking again and not <laughs> what i was kind of trying to get i was like like it's like you know like like we just it's like a turnip that you pull right out of the ground as my turnips have reached the third stage of their growth cycle yeah like a like a podcast salad if you will you don't want friends with salad though can you don't our main topic today we're talking about the internet now, not yeah. anything specific just the internet this was Gar's thought. Yes. Gar, when we talked about bringing the show back this week, Gar was like, hey, I want to talk about the internet. Mm-hmm. What in particular in the internet? Uh, it's bad. It's bad. Okay. Thank you for listening to this episode. <laughs> That's our thesis. That's our piece of yeah. investigative journalism. It's bad. It's not bad. It's just, it's worrying me a lot lately. What's what's on your mind, pal? This is YouTubers and the, the Facebook and so many little things about the internet that are causing me to lose faith in the internet, even though it is objectively a brilliant, wonderful tool. But it basically, people are abusing it and using it for ill, and that worries me, and it's a tool that is very easily used for ill because people are stupid. Especially with the end of net neutrality you now, people are going to be able to rape and pillage the internet for all it's worth. Well, it's more a financial thing rather than a content thing. It's a content site that worries me content or do you think this is what tim berners lee pictured back in the mid 90s when he gave the internet to the world probably because like the, the the great irony of the internet is that never in the history of mankind has more information been accessible at any given time at your fingertips never you could go into the library of alexandria where all the world's knowledge was held and it is a fraction a tiny fraction of what you can access at any given moment on the internet and yet Never have we been less well informed. And it's like, how does that happen? Fun fact, Gar, speaking of Facebook, it lost 120 billion of its value overnight mm. the other day. So do you think that spells uh beginning of the end for Facebook? Well, Facebook has been troubling for a while because it's slowly become the dad social media platform yeah. rather than the, the hip trying to young people, which is that's what happened to Bebo. Bebo was the young people platform. Bebo died. That's what happened to MySpace. MySpace was the young people platform. They move away. MySpace dies. And I think in the long run, that thing, that happening is good for the internet because people learn how to abuse Facebook. That's the big problem in the last few years that people have used, they've weaponized Facebook for disinformation. They're out there saying, 
this uh, we are going to use the these algorithms we're going to use this platform to spread information that we deliberately want people to find out that makes them mad and angry and divided and it works we it's proven it's it's worked far better than we could ever hoped for or imagined and uh, much 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 worse than we could have ever have thought but it's just it, it, if it goes away then people have to start again you know facebook yeah. dies people have to go to uh, Jimbaja or whatever the next dumb fit social media name thing is let's just look around the room uh, let's try and come up with some names there Froggo Froggo yeah uh, Couchio yeah it's, it's uh, take take out consonants or, or or maybe vowels it depends and take out a couple of vowels and add EO at the end and there yeah. you go Bookio there you go just, but, just get like whoever buys like the, the characters of Facebook just goes like it's just called book now mm. just book uh, I was walking in the when I was over in Toronto visiting the Anthem offices, the the official impact offices in the same building. There was a company called Bubble. It was just B U B L, and I'm like, Bubble, <sighs> It's like that's the most obnoxious, like stereotypically named this is a social media company known to man. But yeah, if Facebook goes away, then people have to start that manipulation cycle again. They don't have the knowledge, they don't have the tools, they don't have the reach because Facebook is stupid. Like, like, you can put something out there and it will find its audience because people are dumb. People don't know how to use the internet. You have older people who weren't, like, who, who weren't raised thinking, this is how I should avoid the internet. Uh, and then young people who are the exact opposite, who are bred in the culture and don't, don't really understand. I think, not to pat ourselves on the back, but our generation that grew up with the internet while we were in our teens... Yes. Is probably ideal because like we, we had relatively sure heads on us. And like that that's that that's arrogance on my part as well. Because that that's like me saying, I could never be tricked by misinformation on the internet when I can and probably am probably on a weekly basis maybe. Only in recent times has terms like echo chamber come mm. into my consciousness. So I never really realized that the stuff I was seeing was really kind of filtered to my tastes and to my attitudes and point of view the, the the bad thing about that it's not to your taste and it's what to what they think it is it's not to what they think you'll like it's to what they think you'll click on which is it, it, that's a subtle difference but a very important one because it tends to guide us toward extremes it's not like you like Doctor Who's here's some Doctor Who articles it's oh he likes Doctor Who how do we get him to click on Doctor Who articles we give him extreme Doctor Who articles it's like oh 10 reasons why Doctor Who is terrible and you're like you want to click on it and be like of course these are all wrong <laughs> and then you quote tweet it which shares it and it gets around and then further spreads it across the algorithm That like that that's the very important subtle difference there that you know uh, people aren't catering content to what they think you'll like it's to what they, they think you'll click on which is I think a very subtle and important difference in terms of the kind of content that's being created very good point here mm. Do you know what else troubles me these days? Like, when you talk to young people, and yeah. by all means, I'm not an old person, hopefully mm-hmm. not. Anyway, I'm not 30 yet. <laughs> After that, I'm just going to give up. Yep. But uh, when you talk to young people these days, you're like, what do you want to do? What do you want to be when you grow up? And it's like, oh, I want to be a YouTuber. YouTube star, or I want to be, you know, I want to be an Instagram model, or I want to, basically, the path of least resistance to fame and riches. And yep. what they don't realize is you could have a billion followers and still have, not make any money. Also, what they don't realize is that's a lot of work. Yeah. I, it's a lot of work and another pro- well you can go down another rabbit hole as well because there's another there's a whole industry out there of people who claim to to say or claim to 
be able to give you the magic formula to, to strike it rich and get those followers and kind of become a viral sensation when actually what I, I kind of listened to another podcast like because I'm you know spreading the podcast love as a fellow podcaster you know mm-hmm. you're back 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 in the saddle but uh, you know it basically said it's akin to getting struck by lightning or winning yeah. the lottery it's like you can have the exact same content or, like if not better you can have better product but some people just strike a chord they they kind of hit the algorithm and they go off to the, the races and that's it. It's it's not blind luck. Like, yeah. you can do it well, you can do it consistently, you can work hard, you can do it better than other people and that will increase your chances of happening but it's still luck. Like, like there's tons of people that have produced tons of really good content and nobody's ever heard of them. Yeah, like us. I know. We did it for 52 episodes or 51 episodes and like... You know, obviously it was probably better than anything anyone have ever heard before. But yeah. like, here we are, not rich and famous. Not yet. Like, we should be having money fights right now, Gar. Mm. Oh, well. Should be throwing money at each other. Yeah, so I just think that, you know, we're going to be in trouble in the next couple of years because we'll have a bunch of people that are kind of like not working, not contributing to the economy, trying to kind of chase the YouTube or the, the, the internet dream. Where we need people like doctors, we need people like... Well, there'll always be doctors and stuff. What worries me is I don't think we've adequately trained young people in what the internet is and how to use it. Yeah. Because how many internet classes do you get in school? Well, if you're in my school, they show you the computer room and lock it. (laughs) Yeah. They're like, these are the computers that we have to show that we are, in fact, an affluent school and a very good school. You will never get to use them. We're going to lock them behind this door. But like, if you do use them, it's ECDL. It's yeah. Word and Excel. It's it's practical stuff, but but it's not. Here's like we should be teaching children the age of five and up. There should be internet classes in primary school. There should. It's like this is what the internet is as a tool. This is how fundamentally powerful it is as a tool, but also how fundamentally dangerous it is. And here's a safe way to use it. And here is best practice in how to use it. And people will still make bad decisions, but those bad decisions will at least be informed by. I don't know, at least a thought process. So it's kind of like a sex edge, but for the internet. Yeah, we like we have to do that. We absolutely have to do that. Well, adequate sex edge uh, across the Western world is, is another issue. So Well, that's because it's super uncomfortable and awkward. <laughs> Nobody wants it. Like, teaching the internet's fine. You can be like, look, if you see this, it's probably fake. Verify your sources. All that kind of stuff. And like you'll, you'll still, because the worst thing about the internet is it's endless and it's free. And anybody can put anything they want on there. And it can find an audience, which is both a brilliant, wonderful thing if that content is good and a very horrible thing if that content is malicious. But if people find that content, they need to know how to identify that this is a guy in his blog saying things that are absurd. You've heard the QAnon stuff, haven't you? Yes. Uh, Which is just literally a guy in a blog making shit up. But there's hundreds and probably thousands of people who are like, well, who is he? And what he's saying? Oh, all these Democrats are going to be locked up and sent to jail. It's like... It's it, like you you need to be trained, and uh, who are these people that believe this? And do they believe it, or is it just the thing they play along with? But the, the, and you think ah, it's harmless. It's on the internet. But you remember PizzaGate? Yeah. The the sex chain in the, the Hillary Clinton sex pedophilia chain in the pizza shop. Yes. Somebody showed up in a pizza shop and uh, and held it hostage at gunpoint. Yeah. That's where this goes. This is these aren't abstractions anymore. These aren't oh the internet could be dangerous. It is. 
And we know it freaking swung an election, but that's a different story altogether. Yeah, that's a whole other podcast. But I saw a wonderful yet harrowing play recently called Asking For It, mm-hmm. based on a book of the same name by Louise O'Neill. And it talks, basically, the crux of it is like the impact of a rape on a young girl, a gang rape on a young girl. She has no recollection of it. The reason she finds out is because it ends up on the internet. Mm. Uh, and these young people find have no conscience in putting th- that stuff on the internet. And, you know... They don't think of the consequences for themselves. They don't think of the consequences for other people. They don't think about the fact that once it's out there, it probably will never be able to take them back, you know? Mm. So I think it's a good point you talk about education. Here's something that uh, is on my mind a lot lately as well. And even not even from just children and young people. I think it's for, for, for people you know, in general these days. I think that the internet, uh, you know, and it's ubiquitousness because like the worst thing we ever happened to us is that mobile phones are internet accessible so thank god i didn't have a smartphone until i was 21 <laughs> basically you're right basically it's come to the point now where you're never not on the internet and you see the, there will be people who will tell you again the solution to that is take the phones away from them yeah and i fundamentally disagree with that because the the, the, the toothpaste is out of the tube you can't yeah. put it back in at this stage you just have to teach them how to use it you can't uh, like kids will have smartphones kids that don't have smartphones will be ostracized yeah you don't want your kid to be ostracized but I do think it's important. I, I suppose the point I was getting at, I think, and I, I felt it myself, I think that the likes of the internet, like especially the, the things like Instagram and things like Snapchat, mm-hmm. and you Which know, the kind of the young people platforms these days, are contributing to poor mental health in young people or in mm-hmm. people even of our age because you're kind of bombarded with images of people who are happier, who are fitter, who have more money, who have more things. Most of which are false. It's all thoughts, but people... But you just you look at the feed and it's like, look at these pretty people with their pretty things. We just don't feel adequate anymore. Mm-hmm. Like, before, before being yourself was like, you know, maybe we all have our insecurities. But, like, it's kind of like a self-fulfilling prophecy. Not only are you bombarded with with images that make you feel inadequate, but then you kind of try and counteract that by putting out these kind of false images of yourself or just images of your ideal self. Yeah. Uh, and that yeah, just feeds the vanity cycle then doesn't yeah. it and then if, if people don't kind of bite it makes you feel worse about yourself <laughs> yeah. you know this was my best picture guys why don't you love me <laughs> I lost two pounds this week <laughs> come on but, um, I do think I think I, you're right in what you're saying like uh, it's too late kind of for us now mm. well I think as you get older you kind of like I know for like I still on these things and I still mindlessly scroll but I find myself posting less so I think as you get older my job i can't it depend- yeah well it is your job guys a social media uh, <laughs> executive but um our digital uh, producer sorry, digital Gar- producer is my job title thank you very yeah. much but i think as you get older you kind of more or less match- naturally migrate away from these things you just kind of like i uh, i can't be bothered like you, there is the attention seeking aspect and i have done it myself i'm not going to say I, do- I, I didn't but hmm. i just don't feel the need to anymore but i just think that there is there is a case for i, I, don't, I don't think we take f- kids away phones away from young people and I, and by all means i'm not a conservative person but i think that there should be a minimum age for giving a child a phone mm. like um i talked to one of my colleagues recently and she he gave his child of six a phone yeah i, I think that's problematic for me um and like i would say it comes down to the parent. i don't think there should be laws about this yeah I, I think it comes down to parents and parents making responsible decisions for their children like our parents had no idea what the internet was no like we could have been doing anything and that's like, like they I, I don't blame them for that because they you know they they were they don't know what a computer is they they came from a generation before that 
and uh, they, they probably should have tried to learn but by that stage it was still very early anybody who has children now who is still in that uh, that position that they don't know what their children are doing online you're just irresponsible yeah you're just flat out irresponsible you can't just you can't take a hands-off approach to the internet you can't like i think that obviously as you said you can't you know ostracize them you can't separate them because other kids have them and you know that is a source of bullying as well if you don't have those things and it's an amazing tool Yes. Like as as much as you can flag on the dangers of it, it is a, a life changing tool. There's a reason Gen Z is exists. Like the yeah. generational distinction there is people who were raised with the internet as a constant part of their life, as opposed to us who were just like me in particular. I was right in the edge. Like like before, like the internet only became a a kind of permanent fixture when I hit twelve, thirteen. But I think it's important to to monitor usage. Mm-hmm. I think it's important. Like uh, one of the things I someone I know. Um, has a policy where I'm seeing this on TV as well in, in a Irish TV programs where they have their devices, but after a certain time of night, the devices are all put in a central point and they don't use them yeah. anymore. Like, like, as I said, again, I had a TV in my bedroom from when I by myself from when I was 14. That probably wasn't a great decision. But, but like, you, you, you can't just leave them with their phones at all times, especially at night, because at night is when they'll probably do most of the nonsense stuff you don't want them to do. I, like and it kind of obviously it's it's like it's portals for a lot of things like I saw something in, during the week about like the likes of uh like these really high fidelity mobile games now like you like PUBG and mm-hmm. Fortnite and kids getting addicted to this you know and if, I I'd always push back and that though it's the Pokemon yeah. Go stuff yeah you know everyone's writing their articles and their think pieces and they're all oh, this this Fortnite thing is terrible and like in two years Fortnite will be a game it's it'll be Minecraft a game people a lot of people still play but it's not the cultural phenomenon anymore. In the same way Pokemon Go, the summer is like, everyone's walking into traffic and dying in Pokemon Go. It's it, it's hyperbolic. No, I, I agree with what you're saying. I think that's it's just kind of, it just feeds people kind of just kind of getting up on their kind of, uh, you know, moral high horse. What I, what I kind of mean more is that I worry about children because like I have trouble moderating myself sometimes. Mm-hmm. And, and I just don't think children haven't, haven't got that part of their brain yet. They, no. They just don't know when to stop, you know? Like when you think it might not change how you act but occasionally you'd be like i'm i'm, I'm very online lately yeah or as children they don't they don't have that filter they're just like this is the world i was babysitting uh my girlfriend's niece's children recently and like don't get me wrong they still like their sports they like to go inside and play but you kind of have to remind them now mm. like if given the choice if you hand them the tablet they will go on it all day every day and know? never get bored and like like when i had my fisher price computer when i was yeah. four there's only so much you can do with a fisher price computer you'll get bored and you'll move on to something else you find somebody a tablet and there's the world in front of you you can stay there for the day and never get bored you know and, and there, there is a worry that you know as much as it, it, it targets adults and it targets elections and targets everything there's people targeting children now it's a new form of advertising like these games and i know i won't open the kind of worms with microtransactions because that mm. bugs you but like these these companies are targeting children as a for, as as a way of getting them to buy products now, like or getting their parents to buy them products. And so that's, think, that's always exists as well. Though. Fair it, enough. Yeah, it, but, it's more potent. And the the, the the troubling thing is, you can directly target children. That's it. It's not like you put an ad on during you know Peppa Pig, and it's like, oh, here's the dumb product you want. It's like you can literally target people with internet advertising. You'd be like, this is exactly who I want to reach, and the internet ads will reach them. I suppose again, it's just an individual responsibility. But I think it's an awareness thing as well. Mm, it's um, education. We have to. We have to. We have to start educating kids on this. 
but from an, an adult point of view, for someone who's kind of in the midst of it and is feeling the effects of it, because I, I, I feel it myself sometimes. And as you said, sometimes you can say to yourself, you know what, I've been online a lot lately, I'm going to try and stop. But even then, like, it's like smoking, like that thing of having the phone in your hand is just a habit or that scrolling. So what, what would you recommend? I, I have my own thoughts, but I just want to hear yours first. Like, what would you recommend for anyone feeling kind of burnt out from the internet or feeling, you know, you know those feelings that are you know like you know those feelings you know, like we talked about earlier inadequacy or, or or feeling like it's not just the, the, the being bombarded with stuff that makes you feel like your life isn't kind of mm. isn't good enough but like there's also the fact that i feel a burden from always being connected do, do you feel that guy or and how would you how do you battle that i the, yeah, i'm not good to give advice because i said it's literally my job i can't disconnect yeah like which is worrying in its own way sometimes but I would say change how you use it before you change how much you use it. Yeah. Because the internet, there's so much you could like, to say the internet these days is almost reductive. Yeah. It's it's not like one thing anymore. You know, you, you can't really put it under a single umbrella of the internet. It's so vast. So like, delete Instagram, download something else, change who you follow on Twitter, get rid of Facebook altogether because it's malicious nonsense that will ruin your life uh, unless you just basically use it to connect with friends. Yeah. Otherwise, do not, do not use Facebook for news. Just don't. In fact, don't use anything algorithm-based for news. That's always the first thing you should do. Find trusted news sites. Visit the news sites yourself without relying on a feed. But that's the, the, the other little things. But I, that's, like, I don't think you can detach from the internet anymore. Yeah. I don't think you can. People are like, oh, we should be in mountains. And I, I push back against that as well, because there's like you get enjoyment out of it. There's people I know people in Australia, I know people in England, I know people in America, I know people in Saudi Arabia. And like I'm I, I built relationships with these people over the internet. I got my job because of Twitter. The company president followed me on Twitter and I DM'd him. That's how I'm employed. So I, I can't preach that there is not great value in the internet, but change how you use it if you're feeling like, you know, it's ruining your life. You know, one of the things that I, I've done before in the past is what's called the digital detox, where, and a lot of people advocate for this, where you just toss your phone and don't consume anything for like a weekend or a day or mm. or even like a, a period of time, like a month. I think that, as you said, Gar, it's it's ubiquitous. It's almost it's almost redundant to call the use the word internet these days. It's just life. Mm. So I like while I can't see there's benefit from it, especially if you're feeling really burnt out and really kind of burdened by it. I think it's good to just kind of go cold turkey for a period of time. But I I think as you said, kind of moderate your content, but also. I think the key is to kind of give yourself cut off times like you know mm. like after this time so you could say like i don't know what it is after nine o'clock i'm not going to look at these things or and like it's not about kind of sitting there staring at the wall it's about replacing it with something else you say that i find my biggest problem with, with any device now is like i'm sitting watching a tv show and like if there's a lull on the tv show you're just like oh, check my phone and you don't even think about it. <laughs> no, you don't. It's you just like, oh. and so, there's times where like you catch yourself doing it. It's like I'm actually interested in what's happening on this screen right now. And for other people, are like, oh, screens, screens. But like, I'm actually interested in the show I'm watching. But I miss like half of it because I'm busy checking my phone. But you don't go back and rewatch it though. It's no. weird. But I think you have to kind of cut yourself off. And like, what I'll do is I turn off my phone at night. I don't leave it on. I I give myself. I, what I like try to do is I like I try to give myself a, a bit of time before I 
go, like it's kind of like before I go to sleep but I try to do something else now like because I always complain I don't have enough time to read mm-hmm. or I don't have enough time to play video games I know that's another screen but I, I don't have enough time to write I, ha- I have enough time to do these things but you a spend, disproportionate you spend amount of my, my 90 time 90 minutes a day after you come home from work just going staring at your Twitter feed like, and like that's it's not even something I consciously do that's just kind of become my routine so I think you need to break the routine mm. but I think you need to put other things in its place as well like, you and know? it's easy you know it's easy just to sit there and scroll your feed and there's always something there you can distract yourself for two hours yeah just just literally refreshing Twitter or whatever do you ever get lost in something and then all of a sudden you're like oh crap it's like one in the morning mm. it's really unhealthy um, you're, not, you're not you're not achieving anything you know you're not achieving if like people are like oh well what are you doing watching TV it's you're at least consuming something that you know might challenge you or make you think or make you laugh or make you or inform your art or yeah or, or ex- at least experience something like Twitter it's, it's, it, it, it's there's great value in it but it's it's it shouldn't be a substitute for that kind of stuff and it I, I we all know from personal experience how much it can become a substitute for actually doing something yeah it's kind of like digital weed, isn't it? Yeah, it kind this of This kills potential. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure people who are very pro-drugs will be mad at you for that. Hashtag digital weed. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, coming back to Facebook, because I suppose they're like the biggest... They're in the news. They're in the news and they're the biggest uh, purveyor of uh, procrastination, let's just say. Mm. Um, they've gone on the offensive and something very unusual. They've gone on the offensive with TV ads. Have you seen these ads, Gary? Oh, I have. The the messaging. They're like, we're looking after you. They deleted, what, 33 pages that were involved, involved in election tampering as well. Yeah. Do you think that... A, that will work in terms of redeeming their, their value and their the trust the people had in them. Uh, and B, do you think do, do you think they're sincere in what they're saying? I I honestly think they created a tool and the tool, they lost control of the tool. Yeah. I don't think they ever created the platform to do this. I don't think they ever intended the platform to do this. But this is what their algorithm did. And, you know, they lost control of it. And it becomes very hard to rein in. Yeah. Because it's whack-a-mole. Uh, unless you you dramatically change how the algorithm works which will probably reduce the value of the company which is also that's another that's the slimier side of this where they want to maintain the value of the company and want to keep making money but uh, can they re- rehab their reputation probably because I think the reasons people use Facebook will still be the reasons people use Facebook I don't think any of that will actually change but it's scary the worrying thing is with the, the success of Facebook and the the basically like the country load of money that you talked about earlier is that uh through the years they've been able to diversify and buy other companies so like mm. a lot of the the space on the internet these days uh, it's kind of another story again you know there's podcasts and uh, articles that exist about it that a lot of the space on the internet is owned by a very small amount of companies now and facebook is one of them because you you say facebook have lost young people on the internet but where have they lost them to ken instagram which they also which they own, own. so have they have they really lost those people? And they own Oculus, so they have the, some. They have a, a firm foot in the VR space for when that eventually takes off, which it will, but not anytime soon. I don't think. Do you put stock in the the theory that Gen Zers are becoming disinterested with the internet and migrating and migrating more towards real life interactions? No, <laughs> no not at all. <laughs> I just I, no. no. <laughs> Do you ever think that's going to happen? No. I think we're going to have chips implanted in our head at birth and the internet will literally be in our brains. So that literal dystopian kind of minority report style stuff. Yeah, where you literally Google is in your eyes now. And that's kind of super cool, but also kind of super scary. I think it is happening and it will happen. I feel like it's kind of happening. It's semi-happening in my own life 
but I think it will be a minority and it'll be a personal choice. It won't be a movement or anything like that, mm. you know. But I, I, I do feel as if that if you're the type of person that likes it and the type of person who doesn't see it as a problem, you'll continue to do it. Like, it's, it, like <laughs> we've talked about it as if it's, it's this terrible, horrible thing. It's not. <laughs> you know, you can you can be very productive on the internet. You can record podcasts and share content and, and right, inform so. people and connect with people and discuss things right, yeah. and improve the discourse and improve connections with people and, and have very substantive uh, like interactions through the internet. The problem is... A lot of people don't. And the internet, the problem is algorithms reward people for not doing that. Like, like when you send, if you say, I think a film is good, you know, how, how much response does that get? If you, if you write a list, top, top, top 10 films that are pretty good. Do you think people are going to read that? Nope. If, if I write the, the, these are the 10 best films you've never seen. Do you think people are going to read that? Yes. These are the 10 worst films in the history of Hollywood. Do you think people are going to read that? Yes, definitely. So as so we're dragged to extremes by, by the content people think we're going to consume. I'm, I'm firmly, I think the, the most irresponsible thing we've done is turn the content people sees, see over to algorithms. And they're, they're, fair enough, there are the difficult ways to do that otherwise, because then you literally need content curators, which is expensive and imperfect in its own way, but I think more perfect than catering the entire experience to what do we think they'll click on? Because as I said, we're dragged to best films and worst films. We're dragged to Hillary Clinton is an evil sex pervert or uh, you know all this conspiracy nonsense that people are like, I don't like Hillary Clinton and this person is saying something that validates my dislike of her so I can just listen to those people. Because it's not like there's not CNN and Fox and there's not like four news stations anymore where you choose your news station and at least you get some variety there. It's, I can listen to this blogger who tells me that someone is horrible and demonic, and I can believe that, because I don't have to expose myself to anything else. It's, oh, I've gone down, the, the internet is terrible and scary. Really can, yeah. can. Why did you drag me? <laughs> I, st- I, I think I literally started that point with saying the internet's actually good, and eventually ended as like, oh god. <laughs> it's it's kind of hard, like, because that's what naturally where your mind goes these days, yeah. but... One last point before we wrap this up, because this is a podcast that could go for literally days. Mm-hmm. It's 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 the internet after all. But um, how troubling for you? Uh, I think we talked about this before. Is the fact that YouTube, for example, has become a platform for young narcissistic sociopaths with more money than God that are fa- that not only uh, are ir- have the money to be irresponsible in their personal lives, but they broadcast to the world and. They have, have a devoted loyal, following. Devoted mm. loyal following, a la Logan Paul. Yeah. I hate it. Because uh, there are, I'm going to make the point again, dozens, hundreds, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of really good content creators on YouTube. And like the original generation of YouTubers became famous just saying, I, I think this thing is cool. I'm going to create it. And people found it. That, that's how those original people became famous. And some of those people were very problematic. But for the most part, they were earnest in their intention. Nowadays, you get kids saying, I want to be a YouTuber. So when, when they sit down in their chair with their pen and their paper saying, I want to be a YouTuber, how do I become a famous YouTuber? What do they do? They're creating content to get attention. They're creating content specifically designed to game the algorithm in their favor. So instead of just saying, this is something I think is good. This is something I think is cool that I can create and share with people. They're saying, what can I create to get attention? And again, that's a fundamental shift. That's a fundamental change in how people think. And then you, you get fame shunted onto these people. Shunted onto, and like, again, a lot of them are good. 
but uh, a lot of them aren't and you get fame shunt at fame and an audience of very devoted very loyal young people i'm not gonna say dumb but uh, impressionable impressionable and, and loyal so when you get them saying saying the n-word or you get them just throwing out phrases like feminism is cancer where that becomes something somebody parrots like I was a teacher for six months and one of the students said that to me it's like you're 14 where does that come from it comes from probably some dope they were listening to on the internet that told them feminism cancer is cancer and they believe it and that goes back to education and a whole different issue but the, it's just it's well, terrifying I, I think it can be redeemed Gary because from what it sounds like like when you're that young I don't think like you don't understand what feminism is or the nuances of it. So mm. when you say something like that, you say, you're just parroting, as you said, what someone admires. Like, I think, as you said, at that point, education is key. Because he's like, hold on, let's stop there. It's like, okay, feminism is cancer. What is feminism? You know? Yeah. I, I think it's, as as adults, it's incumbent on us to kind of, to not just kind of go like, oh, kids being kids, or that's dumb, that kid's an idiot. Reel it's it back like, in. Just to reel it back in and to challenge them and to actually not just bombard them with information, but just kind of like, ask open questions like because the Socratic method again exactly challenge the behavior challenge the thought process because uh, if you if you do that in the moment and it has to be in the moment mm. people kids will go like oh wait that is dumb what, do you, what am I saying do you know uh, any reasonable child will anyway or any reasonable young person even any even any reasonable adult you gotta gotta check people on their privilege sometimes and call them out you know mm. the problem is they go down those YouTube rabbit holes which seem innocuous it's like this this other 15 year old kid is playing video games seems like a good kid relatable kid but then they say the n-word or they say something stupid or they or the next recommended video even if that one person is fine the next video in that youtube wormhole is some conspiracy theory nonsense that rots people's brains and then people believe it because it validates something they already believe then this it's just that comes back to algorithms which i hate it but goes, it goes back to moderation and supervision as well because um going back to the kids and i think we'll end on this um kids babysitting like it's they like they have their tablets they love their youtubers they love watching gamers i don't understand this whole thing of watching other people play games i'd rather play the game myself but that's my thing the video he was watching was fine it was about minecraft or one of those games or maybe mm-hmm. even uh, PUBG or fortnite which probably fortnite. kids shouldn't be playing but well it's borderline for me but I, I, maybe it's maybe kind of being have my adult brain on but again like that thing was fine all of a sudden it went on to this uh associated video which was like a reenactment of a massacre in Lego Men mm. with the audio. Mm. So we had to like literally run to the next room. It's like, what are you watching? Yeah. You know? And that 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 was with me kind of in the vicinity so I could catch it. Like, you know, when when they're not being supervised or when they're not being kind of moderated, this the is YouTube, the stuff you're supposed YouTube to. will take them anywhere. <laughs> exactly. So that's kinda something that we need to keep present in our minds. I think it's not something that we need to worry about, but I think I suppose it's just that awareness and that consciousness. And then again talking about that it's like it's not just it's not good enough to say hey don't watch that that's bad it's here's the, why here's why or what what do you think of that and it's about conversation like and again the reason we don't have sex ed in schools is because we want to avoid avoid uncomfortable conversations that's why i think this whole internet education could go the same way i don't think that's an uncomfortable conversation though not with kids it, it, like if you watch that and you're like oh the the, the this conspiracy bush did 9-11 i'm like look it's bullshit come on <laughs> that's that's an uncomfortable conversation between us if you believe that but i think with kids if, if your eight-year-old says something dumb that they heard somebody on youtube say I, I think you can challenge that pretty easily there's that but like there's i think 
that's another conversation again but I do think there's a generation of parents that came after ours that were more concerned with like being their kids friends or they might even <laughs> film their kids saying that stupid racist thing and put it on YouTube going hey that's funny this kid said something racist but he's cute or they'll, yeah. they'll literally put their kid on YouTube to be kids say the darnest things yeah or just like the, the unboxing stuff and there's there's a whole wormhole of weird kid related YouTube content that is slimy uncomfortable at the best of times yeah so I don't think it's a given I think that you're right it's an easier conversation to have but I just think it's something I don't think it's a given I don't think it's something that that on mass that we're doing we have to get into schools like like I said we when kids are five we have to start teaching them about this teaching them how to, how to use it safely and how to question what they see that's it's it, there's best practices there, there there's curriculum we can come up with for this that I don't think is that difficult to teach but is essential to teach. I think if there's any moral from our, whatever, 40-minute discussion about the internet, teach those damn kids what the internet is and how to use it. God damn it. Enough said. Mm-hmm. So we've come to the end of our, our re-debut episode, yes. our comeback. Uh, we've gone for about an hour and 20 minutes, so I think that's a, a good, healthy podcast hug to, to give our listeners. Especially since we lost 20. <laughs> Especially since we lost 20, so... I think we'll leave it there for this week. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen. If you, in fact, uh, you're still are. If you're, if you're all the way here, hello, you're our best friend now. Thank you. Like, and you have to listen every week. You're stuck. Yeah. It's like, it's like you're locked in now. You can usually find a new episode every single week, hopefully, going mm-hmm. forward. Uh, as I said, if there's not going to be episodes, we're going to try and be more transparent in the future and, and do our best to... Rather than just you, you refresh the feed on a Saturday night, Sunday morning or whatever, and it's nothing. <laughs> yeah, we're going to do our best to kind of call that out in, a week, in advance if we're going to have an episode, or at least if we think we're going to have, have an episode and something happens, we just kind of communicate that more because we were kind of bad in the past. We things. just disappeared. It's, but, like, it's like podcast a week, just disappeared. Oh, yeah, and like, for me that's lazy I've, t- I've had two episodes of podcast in the week in the can for like two months <laughs> it's just not posting them. come on it's, it's like one of those things where you're just like oh we're gonna have an episode next week and then you're like oh well I can't, couldn't happen this week should I tell people about it no but you can usually find a new episode every week at soundcloud.com for slash TWSKK we can also find uh, episodes of Gareth's podcast uh, podcast a week yes every week and you can find your entire back catalogue on there of uh, previous episodes of all our various podcasts on the TWS network including all 200 episodes of podcasts a day Gary did a podcast for 200 days he was aiming for a year didn't quite make it I but gave up <laughs> the results were mixed let's yeah. just say that but some, some really good stuff in there so do check it out if you want to my favourite episode was the Inception episode where I hit record in the middle of an episode of the weekend show and recorded an episode of podcast a day <laughs> But uh, if you like what you heard this week, please come back and join us next week. Hit that sub button, yo. Hit that sub button on iTunes or bookmark the link on, on SoundCloud. Subscribe on SoundCloud. If you want to join the discussion or kind of give us some feedback on the show, stuff you'd like to hear about, or give us your thoughts on the terrifying scape that is the internet, you can reach us on Twitter at TWSKK. We running the Twitter again? We're running the Twitter. We're oh. running the Twitter game. Okay. Uh, and you can also reach us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash TWSKK. And normally, uh, if you ha- you're not keeping an eye on your feed, we'll normally kind of post the latest episodes there as well. Next week, as we said, we're going to have a bit of a discussion on the new Premier League season. We kind of touched on it there. We'll uh, give you a teaser. We'll go in depth. A while ago, we'll kind of dive in. We'll do our fantasy football. We'll do- oh yeah we'll, yeah, we'll do fantasy teams this week. I think that'll be fun. We'll do fantasy teams. We'll make kind of top four predictions. We'll make relegation predictions. The season will have already begun. So, But I think it's, sometimes it's even better to do a season prediction after like the first games. Just to kind of 
you're making better predictions anyway. Yeah. You, you get a better sense of what's happening. Exactly. Rather than going like, oh, I think this is going to happen. It's like, oh shit, uh, Spurs are, are, are crap this year. <laughs> Spurs oh, lost 4-0 in the opening game. It's like, they're terrible. Oh no. <laughs> so be sure to check that out next week. But until then, take care. Bye. Take it easy, everybody. Bye.